RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Dr. Emmanuel Manny Garcia is a retired psychoanalyst and psychiatrist based in the Wellington region. He's also a poet, novelist, theatrical director. Dr. Garcia has worked in the field of mediation. He joins us today back on RCR to give us some practical tips on how to have respectful and compassionate conversation with someone you strongly disagree with. Manny, welcome back to RCR. Well, thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be talking with you again. Okay, I think um, it's good timing too, because we've sort of had a few weeks after the main event. There was the run-up to it. I'm going to ask you about something you were involved with then, but there's always a kind of a bit of a fallout period after what we've been through, the crescendo of an election, and then sort of picking up the pieces afterwards, right? So that people can be in a a tense, um, uh, grumpy, let's say, to put a mildly frame of mind. Exactly. (laughs) So that's kind of what some of us are working with. Now, tell us about your experience before the election. I believe that you moderated a Freedoms Candidate debate in Welly, I think it was in Petoni. That would have been an interesting experience. How did you go about running that? Yes, well, that was quite interesting. We had about, I think we had six of the candidates on stage, uh, New Zealand uh, Loyal, uh, Freedoms New Zealand, um, uh, and, and I think Barry Welsh was as, was there as well. Uh, well, the, the, the way I ran it was to be very clear about what the ground rules were. Right. That I would ask questions, that people would have uh, time to respond to them that we would not talk over each other. And I had to be very careful to make sure that the audience also respected the time of those who were on stage. And that was probably the hardest part to make sure that the audience adhered to the ground rules. But uh, having done that, I think everybody had a very productive evening and, and people were able to get the time they needed to expound on the issues they thought were important. And the audience also had time to ask questions in a respectful manner. And as you can imagine, emotions at these political things are very high, pro-partisan, anti-this, pro-this, and all that. And I think if we just adhere to rules of respectful listening and giving appropriate time, everything runs smoothly. But I think it's important for someone in a moderating capacity to really be, to be absolutely clear and strict about it all. Yeah. Okay, okay, so you're able to run it. You got through it. I guess there's always a few who, who won't shut up, but you deal with them, right? No, we got through. We got through actually quite well, and, and people really uh, adhere to the rules, and, and it was because I think that I made sure that they really stuck to our, our groundwork, and I think it was very productive as a result. Okay, so compassionate conversations, respectful conversations, because there are plenty of people who are disagreeing on things, at the moment, and it can get quite passionate. And is there anything wrong with trying to persuade something, somebody that your position is the correct one? Is there anything fundamentally wrong with that? There's nothing fundamentally wrong with expressing your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, I like to say I'm not in the advice business. And as a psychoanalyst, our role is really listening a great deal and not telling people to do things. In normal, in the normal intercourse of life, you have opinions. You might tell someone to bang a nail in a certain way. You might tell someone to go to the supermarket two blocks down instead of the other one. And that's that's your right to do that. Yeah. You don't, uh, as long as you don't coerce anyone into doing anything. Uh, that's perfectly fine. The problem is that 
people really have very few occasions where they really listen to each other, Paul. I mean, the last time, the, the, you know, the one forum where you could get a really fair hearing, and I, and I was able to do this, a fair hearing and a fair time to express myself, was in mental health court, believe it or not. Well, okay. Because you had a presiding yeah. judge, and you had the lawyer for the patient uh, saying something, uh, you as a doctor would say something, a nurse would say something, the patient would say something, you all had your time, you could all take the time you needed to express yourself, and to do it in a very respectful way. And invariably, despite very, very different uh, views sometimes, uh, it was conducted in a really productive and positive way, and we had positive outcomes. So, uh, but in normal life, Paul, I mean, when was the last time you sat down with someone and someone really listened to you and let you go on about whatever it was you felt was important? Someone who didn't necessarily agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Well, I, I a substantial period of time. Mm, yeah, I'm struggling to remember that. Yeah, it's hard. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that in order, you know, if you have something that's really difficult to to broach, if you feel there's a, there really you have a very different opinion from a friend, or a family member. Well, family love, member is probably going to be the most common. Yeah, most common. Situation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what you've about. got, what you, what I think you've got to do is you've got to start from a a positive foundation. You tell the person, hey, or like if it's your son, your daughter, your wife, your whatever, you say, hey, you know, I really love you and I I really value your opinions and I really cherish you, and I would like you to understand where I'm coming from about this particular topic. And I is, think that opens things up. If you can say, if you can start things off in, in the right environment with that kind of positive foundation, you have a chance. I've heard of people say that, that throwing out questions is quite a good way to communicate in this situation. Like, okay, once you've done that, you know, I respect you, love you, all that, and want to have a good conversation um, to kind of, you know, if it's going to be controversial, um, say things like, well, around this issue here are the questions i have yeah that i want to know the answers to i kind of have got to this position but you know bear with me here are the questions what do you say to those questions is that yeah. is that a good way of opening up i think that's, that's a good way i mean i think it all depends on the person i mean yep. you might begin by saying you know here's how i feel about x and these are my reasons and and I'm can and but I'd like I understand that you feel differently, but talk to me about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, Paul. I, I actually I, I want to interrupt a second too because I heard a debate on YouTube recently, a live stream between two uh, two people. One a very uh, uh, well known scientist in his field, the other sort of a YouTube influencer kind of scientist. And they were debating an issue about the origin of life. And I was looking forward to a really productive and interesting exchange. And instead, what happened was that it devolved into shouting. And immediately, one person began to attack the other person uh, personally, ad hominem stuff. And the moderator just let it go. And as a result, it became really uh, a travesty. So I yeah. think that the important thing in any exchange is to make sure you're you're not attacking a person and you're not allowing yourself to be attacked 
that doesn't that doesn't prove any points. If you attack a person and say you're crazy, well you're stupid. Oh, or the person says to me, well I can't talk to you because you've got you're so thick you won't listen to anything, uh, and you know you like a, and you're a, you're a deplorable whatever or you're etc. I mean you've lost the game right there. Yeah, it has to be respectful, and it should not be it should not be personal. Yeah, even though there might be personal elements in the exchange because people's personalities are part of the picture aren't they yeah, yeah well if you but here's the thing though if you disagree with me about something yeah. and i happen to like you okay and i'm not going to end our friendship or acquaintanceship because you disagree with me right but i want to hear why you disagree with me and you have to accept the fact that it's okay to disagree it's perfectly okay. We we can't. First of all, I will never find anybody who agrees with me hundred percent about everything. Nor would I want that. But we're in a culture now where a disagreement means I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I got to cancel you. I can't listen. And part a part of that is at I think has been encouraged by the online situation. And and here's a very here's an interesting thing about the online stuff. Generally, in these kinds of online things, people use pseudonyms, they hide their identities. In other words, they wear a mask, okay? They're in disguise, and they think that gives them liberty then to say all kinds of really hurtful things and snide things, and they respond quickly, and it's with one line, two line, you know, two sentences and all that. And that's really encouraged a degradation of human exchange, which is compassionate. It has to take some time. It has to be done in a in a, a really a positive manner that respects the ability of each person to come away with something disagreeing, but remaining personally engaged as friends or as loved ones or whatever. It's no wonder that cancellation has become a thing, just as you explained there, because you could feel feel very unfairly treated in that situation where people are just taking pot shots. Yeah, anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Hiding behind it's, a digital it, wall. Uh, I mean, you would yeah. want to cancel someone who is doing that to you. Well, it's become such a degradation of human intercourse. This whole crazy, rapid online kind of thing, and it takes us away from what we need to do, which is to speak person to person, respectfully, in a compassionate way, and to agree that we may disagree, but that's life. That's okay. Um, I've spoken to. A few people who've got, you know, issues with family and the division, you know, don't need to go into that too much. We know kind of what we're talking about that has developed and has affected many families. And trying to put that Humpty back together there is yeah. quite difficult because, you know, I, I guess depending on what, what side you're seeing it from, someone has to step back from something or give a little somewhere. And, yeah. and that one seems for many quite an intractable and it's sort of heartbreaking in a way situation. So, um, and I'm not asking you to, you know, give us a consultation or, 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 um, you know, um, prescription for anything, but that, that's, that's a tough one, right? Um, well, Paul, I can give you an example. I spoke to a family member about the jab and I yep. won't say which family member. And I advised this person because I love the person, uh, not to, uh, not to take the jab or, or not to have another 
person get the jab because I said I was really concerned uh, that it was a really bad idea. Hmm. And then the family member came back to me and said, you're crazy. Uh, I can't even, uh, I can't talk to you about this and I don't want to hear anything. And then I said, listen, is there anything, if I, would you listen to me if I produced an article from reputable medical journal about my concerns, would you read the article? And the person said, no. Whoa. So I can't do much more than that. No. All right. And that's that. So the, so this is what I mean. People in that case, you know, you have to ask yourself, well, why can't a person even entertain a different viewpoint? And so something has to be done to kind of undo, uh, undo that, those, uh, initial, um, uh, entry points and you can't always win it. You can't always, and there will, you will run into people who, with whom you can't argue at all or discuss and that you have to accept that as well. So treating it like a contest is not a good idea. No, not at all. Not a contest. It's saying to someone, listen, ju I just want you to hear me out. I know you like me, you know, we're friends, or you love me. And I just want you to hear me out about this. And I'm happy to hear you out as well about your position. And I think that's a way you can begin to engage with someone and you diffuse that, that personal animal. You know, we're all get into, there's something very uh, primitive about that's inbuilt about us, about if someone uh, has a strong feeling about something and the other person has a different opinion that you, you really want to just, you know, you know, go at it. Uh, and we're civilized, aren't we? We're civilized. We're, we think. We, we we'd like to think we are. And we have to aspire towards that. You know, if you listen, Paul, if you look at, you know, the great platonic dialogues where people had all, where Socrates was leading people through who had all kinds of opinions, different opinions, whatever. And, and these people followed, they thought, they expressed their differences. I mean, my gosh, we've had that example in front of us for, uh, for a few millennia right now. Okay. Yeah. And yet we in this crazy rapid fire digital age don't know how to string a sentence together. There, there really is something very wrong about that. That's the thing that has changed. Yeah, very much so. And that's really upset, <laughs> rock, rock the boat, upset the apple cart. I guess we find a way through, though, eventually, because that's what humans do. Yeah, you have to. You have to be human. I mean, you, it's like uh, you, you've got to get away from a uh, an, a really inadequate and infantilizing mode of communication and use a mode of communication that's truly and fully human and intimate and robust. I think that's the task for us. Because it's quite difficult to take, depending on what, which side you're on, I guess people, you know, they, they view each other through similar eyes, but have different positions. When you see a whole, you know, half a country, let's say, kind of not on the same song sheet as you, yeah. Like they've sort of left your reservation. They've kind of walked away. They perceive that that's what you've done relative to them. That's um, all you can do is extend the opportunity to exchange ideas and to e express why you feel a certain way about something. I've got a colleague who is really very good at this and he's, he's wonderful in engaging other colleagues and actually 
having them listen to him and in some cases change their opinions about some very fundamental issues, issues that you're discussing now that have created this big divide. And there's a divide about some very, a lot of several really fundamental things here for people. Is there any sort of way that, um, and I'm not looking for a savior here, but you know, some sort of public figure could um, help people find a way through, sort of bring people together. Is it possible to bring people together, do you think? It is possible. And in fact, it's incumbent upon public figures in positions of power and influence to do so, and to do so by example. So that when you get up on the stage or you get up on the podium and you say, we're the single source of truth, and this is the way it is, and there's no questioning it, and everybody's got to be mandated, and there's no getting out of that, and all that stuff, you are, you're, you're not encouraging anything that approaches a discussion, an exchange. You should be entertaining discussions and debate, especially about things that are very important. You should be giving people time to express what their objections are or their confirmations are. And it's really incumbent upon public figures to be able to do that. When we were at Parliament and we were pleading with people in Parliament to come down and just talk to us about our concerns, they wouldn't do it, Paul. You were there. They wouldn't do it. Okay? Yeah. That would have been very easy to do. All you would need to do is for someone to come down and say, listen, this is a very difficult time. Let's talk. What a beautiful thing that would have been. Imagine a politician doing that. That would have there, been. There would have to be talk. You can't just say the line. You've got to follow through. Yeah, follow. Well, let's talk. You, you talk. You set up a. You set up a forum where you can respectfully exchange views. Not shout. Not scream. Not holler. Exchange views in a really respectful, civilized way. It's possible. In fact, I have seen people on very with very different viewpoints about very important scientific issues on which each has devoted their life to a particular viewpoint, have a public debate that was cordial, genial, and friendly, even though they disagree completely with each other. Yeah. So it is possible, and it's actually something we should be doing much more of. Because there are some great examples through history. I'm thinking of Martin Luther King. I mean, he got up and, and he said those words, and it kind of had a, almost a magical effect. Well, Martin Luther King, uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy as well. Yeah, I, uh, I know. Just you know, uh, and these are, I mean, the, again, as I say, the, the missed opportunity for true, true, a true public figure, a true leader to get up and to embrace everyone and to give people a hearing. This is what we, everyone deserves a hearing. All right. Because it would be so easy, wouldn't it, to, to get up there in front of the nation, whatever way you do it, and say, look, okay, I know what we've been through. I know how people are feeling. It's tough. But, you know, here's what we can do, starting here from our angle, to try and just bring things back together. That's so easy to do, said with the right intent and passion. It connects with people, but it doesn't happen. Well, actually, you know, you're talking about, let's forget about the whole beginning of this debacle with how the government dictatorially ran everything about this stuff mm -hmm. and turned over principles of medicine, turned over principles of pandemic planning, uh, eviscerated human rights. Let's forget about that. Okay. But let's say now you have an opportunity to say to people, we have been through one hell of a time. 
It's yep. been a rough time. And we want to be together as a nation of peoples. And we would like to heal the wounds that have been that have occurred. We'd like to encourage people to discuss in a, in a respectful and, and cordial way uh, their concerns and their opinions. That's what we're about. I mean, that would be- you would be like a, something a, would lift. It would lift. Oh, everything would lift. That would be beautiful. That's what a leader, a leader should do, really. It's a tremendous opportunity for a leader to come forward and to, and to embrace people and bring that about. Manny, I challenge them to do that. And they're not going to listen to me, but I, that's not hard to do. No, it's very easy to do. So what is keeping them from doing it? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, guilty conscience. Well, there's a lot. I mean, let's, we're talking a little bit uh, around some stuff, but I know if you take a, take an issue. If you take one issue that has been very divisive and how would you approach getting people to discuss their feelings about that issue and about how things can be better. Well, um, it'd be a simple question, wouldn't it? Well, I, w- I would say, let's, let's say, let's say, let's take the issue of the, um, the mandates. I think that's a very important one. Okay. Why did, uh, did, were people forced into something that they didn't want to do? Uh, why were you know religious exemptions not honored? Why was there no way out of this thing? Why did they impose these things? And I think there there should be uh, there really should be an apology on the part of on the part of some of these people at least for doing these things. And they should open up the debate to others who have suffered as as a result of this kind of coercion. Okay, so back to the kind of one on one respectful, yeah. compassionate conversations. And and usually the first go at it probably, it might set the scene, but it might not go all the way. You, you don't want to burn the bridge, right? Well, I mean, if you if you love this person, if you like this person, if uh, you want to be engaged with this person, no, you want to you want to keep the door open. You want to show that you you have an open mind, that you're willing to listen to that person, uh, but you want to be heard as well. So that would be, let's agree to disagree, yeah. Right now, and and that's a respectful thing, and maybe later on we can talk some more about it. But hey, yeah, and I wouldn't, you wouldn't push it for now. Know, yeah, that's all for now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pushing these things on people. I mean, I mean, let's. I'm going to be open about the issue of the jab. The jab has caused a lot of misery and suffering and harm, and it actually yeah. killed some people. Okay, we know. There are a lot of illusions about COVID itself and how lethal it was and really wasn't very lethal, very lethal at all and everything. Everything about his stuff is so muddied and amorphous. But people are beginning to understand something isn't quite right. Uh, If if these jabs are such a great idea, why did we have to force people? Why were there exemptions that we didn't even know about? You know, significant service disruption exemptions. That's an yep. interesting issue. It uh, sure is. Yep. And and what is and what's going on? I mean, I, I think that that's 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 a very loaded issue for, for many people, but it's one where we can be clear about. I mean, I can be clear about how I feel about these things, 
and I expect the other and I can listen to other people as well. And they have their choice. If they want to go ahead and they want to, they feel they need to get a booster every three months or a double shot or a flu shot, uh, et cetera, that's on them. They can do that. But it's also on me to be able to refuse these things. But but if you were really concerned and thought that uh, there was a high level of risk, yeah. it's kind of your duty, even if it's awkward or tough. To, it's like, you know, if, if someone's speeding towards a washed out bridge and you know, you try and stop them, right? You don't let them just yeah. sail through and go off the end and, and perish. Well, I've, I've tried to do that myself. I've tried to do my own bit in that way. I, I've gone on, you know, I've, I made comments. I, I talked about this on video and, and stuff early on. I've tried to talk, I've talked to family members about this. I've talked to friends when I've had the opportunity. Uh, but I, I'm kind of out of that right now. I'm going to just express my opinions. I've written about stuff. I, I think I've done my bit in that way. If these, if other people want to pursue a different course, that's okay. But the idea of mandating anyone into something that is, um, you know, uh, dangerous or questionable is the fulcrum for me. Yeah. So, so I'm not the best. I'm not. I'm not out there as a as a crusader right now you know trying to convince everybody in the street corner don't take another jab don't don't wear another mask i'll give you an example paul i came out of the shower in uh freiburg where i i go yep. to swim and you know out there in the harbor and a man came out of his shower stall the first thing he did naked was put on an n95 mask <laughs> and i have to say that I just looked at this guy and I had to repress my own aggressive impulse to sort of rip it off or to tell him or to even approach him. Uh, but I, of course, held my impulses in check and I figured out that this is not the, not the opportunity, not the forum for me yes. to start lecturing people about what's absurd. They have a right to be absurd. That's not dangerous to me. He's yeah. a right to be absurd. It's freedom. Yeah, that's freedom. Right. And I don't like it, but that's freedom. I'm not a hypocrite about it. As long as you're afforded the same. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Just to um, kind of wrap, um, one of the issues that, that we've experienced here at RCR is that fall off, uh, out after the election. You did that, um, uh, moderated that debate that we were talking about earlier where you had you know the disparate groups all yeah. under a kind of a similar umbrella. But as it turns out, not completely sort of marching in step. Um, and there are a few people who are very, well, quite a few people who are very disappointed about the outcome. There's a kind of bit of blame going around on who cannibalized who, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and also there are people saying, well, come on, you're a freedom movement. You need to be able to tolerate these differences to someone who's feeling, who sort of feels like they got the blues. And I'm not asking again for advice, just your opinion. Who's got the blues after this? What's the best way to deal with that? Do you think? Well, I would say if you've got a group that you're working with and you've got all these different feelings and high emotions, that's really an ideal group to bring in a good mediator, a right. good session or two to say, listen, let's get it off. Let's get it on the table. No gossiping, no backbiting, no crazy texts. Let's talk about it and let's agree that we're going to work together and for we're working for a common cause. That's a perfect example where you can bring somebody in who can do that kind of work. All right. So that that would be a sensible thing. Timing is, I think, a very important. sensible thing. I, I think yeah. now is a good time to actually do that. All right. 
Yeah, because you've sort of road tested the experiment. You've seen where it where it was lacking, where it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Three years ain't too long. Um, and you can, if you do the right things, possibly come back stronger, faster, better, if that's what you want to do. I think so. And it's, and you have to be, you know, the, the other thing is after like a, a kind of a trauma, as it were, this election being traumatic for people in various ways or disappointing or whatever, uh, people have to come to grips with those feelings. They got to let it out. They got to ventilate a little bit. They got to discuss their frustrations and you get it away from, you know, there's in a war that we're in, there are all kinds of tactical and strategic decisions that people are making. And sometimes you got to make them on the fly. Sometimes you make them with a little more consideration, but you have to recognize the reality of differences and detours and uh, defeats as well as successes. But you have to get people like that in any working group to be upfront, on the table, honest, and not sniping, backbiting, and doing, you know, all kinds of uh, destructive things. Manny Garcia, thank you for those wise words and coming on RCR. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.